0: It's always the happiest music. Um, Would you close your eyes and uh, put both your feet on the ground and imagine that you are like a tree who's being planted, who's been transplanted by streams of living water, and there's something pulling through your feet and rooting you deep into the ground, Imagine, like Paul prays in Ephesians 3, that you would know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ for you. That you are rooted and established in that love. You've been grafted in. Pay attention to what it does to your body when you imagine it being rooted and established in love. What does it feel like? What does it feel like to know that you are a part of a people who have been chosen by God? A holy nation, a people belonging to God. God, I pray that this morning we would walk away from this place being turned around and reminded of the source of our internal root system, the place of our belonging, and the transformative work of your spirit within us that, that seeks to make home between us and God. I pray that that would be true of me. Amen. The story that we find ourselves in is a story of belonging. The story that we are in in our relationships, in our lives, in when, that we come here on Sunday mornings to remember is a story of belonging. And it is a story that from the very beginning of the text of scripture is, has been rooted and planted and breathed into us. The very beginning of the story of our creation is a story of deep belonging. And it is a story that has had an enemy from its inception. A story of belonging is a story that begins with the creation our creation. We were made by a loving God for relationship, out of love, in love, and for belonging itself and belonging to love itself. We were made by a loving God out of love for relationship, for belonging to love itself. In the beginning, God created, and when he created, he did, he did so with beautiful intention as he made the, um, as he separated light from darkness, as he, um, put stars and the sun and the moon in their place, as he, um, brought up trees and life from the ground, and he placed life on the planet, and then he made humankind. And we were made out of belonging. We were made out of the Trinity, we were made in our image, we we were created as God the Godhead was speaking. In our image, in our belonging, we are creating humans out of belonging, to belong. We were designed for belonging. We were designed for relationship. We were designed with um, isolation, not as a part of the picture. God said it is not good for man to be alone. And so he, man went on this hunt to see, well, I'm going to look at all of, uh, all the options that are here. And none of them quite worked. So God took out of man a rib and created woman belonging. They came out of one another. Man out of the dust of the ground, woman out of the rib of a man, both created in the belonging communal image of God. From our very creation, we were created in the image and likeness of a triune communal God. Belonging is written and created into our DNA, we need belonging. It is it is part of what gives us life. And then, um, I love. I have a love um, and hate relationship with the end of Genesis two and the very beginning of Genesis three, and it is. Um, I'll start. Uh, with Genesis 2 uh, verse 23. The man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Brene Brown um, describes shame as the overwhelming feeling that I'm unacceptable and will therefore know disconnection. So what I hear when I say that is when I hear the idea that shame holds this overwhelming feeling that I am unacceptable and that is going to lead to disconnection, to not belonging. And Adam and Eve were utterly naked, completely vulnerable, and they were attached to God and to one another. And it was good. It was very good. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat of any tree in the garden?" The woman said to the serpent, we may not eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was right there with her, and he also ate it. The eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked, so they sewed together fig leaves and they made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord and he as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden but the Lord called out to the man where are you he answered I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I'm naked so I hid and he said who who told you that you were naked Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to? The man said, well, the woman you put here with me, well, she made me do it. She gave me some of that fruit, and I ate it. And the man said to the woman, "Um, what is this you have done? The woman said, well, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because of all this you have done, And it goes into the consequences of this action. This story is a place where belonging was broken. But I want to um, challenge maybe, it might be a challenge for some of us. Some of us may um, think about this this way already. That um, what happened in the garden on that day is that doubt entered the story And Adam and Eve, whose gaze has been fully on the one to whom they belong, they turned their gaze, they engaged doubt, and then they thought, what might it be like for me and my good if I believed this story instead of the story of the one who made me? What if I wasn't made complete? I, I, um... The word that is used when, when the serpent says, for the, you surely will not die, for God knows that you will become like him is the exact same word, that word for like him, is the exact same word that is used when um, the Trinity created man in his likeness. So the serpent's saying, God knows you're going to become like him even though they were already like him. He was causing them to doubt their very identity by saying, oh, you'll become this, which they already were. He, um, he lied to them, and Adam and Eve chose to say, we agree with you. And then they behaved out of that agreement. They chose to consume over... Um, the one thing that they were told not to consume. They chose I over we, and they chose, um, oh, they chose isolation over belonging. Adam and Eve made a choice to leave belonging in for the sake of self. And immediately, they felt it. Immediately, their eyes were opened when they believed this lie and they behaved out of this lie and their eyes were opened and they are like, oh, what have we done? We're naked. They had already been naked. But this time, their nakedness felt no longer acceptable and they had to cover it. So they covered themselves. And then God, who deeply cares about belonging, did not move towards them or move away from them out of anger, but God moved towards them with great love to seek reconnection. He wanted to create attachment again. His question was, "Um, where are you? Adam and Eve hid Their shame, they felt it. They felt shame when it entered into the story. They no longer felt acceptable, so they covered themselves, and then they hid in their shame. Have you ever had a moment where you felt so unacceptable that you hid in some way? Whether it was you withheld part of the truth, or you didn't answer a text message, or you get the email where it's like, have you done this yet? And immediately you go, oh, I totally forgot that. Now I don't know what to do. My belonging, I mean, we most of the time don't think this, but what we're going is, oh, some form of attachment is on the line now because I didn't perform the way I was supposed to. And so now I have to like make it right. So I'm going to hide. And if I hide, then maybe I'll be safe. And the invitation of God in the garden was to actually come out of hiding to say what is most true and to be reconnected to him. God who is good and God who is loved moved towards Adam and Eve. He did not move away from them when they ate of the fruit. They moved away from God. They turned their gaze away from God. They hid from God. Their action was to move away. God's action was to move towards. That has been the action of God ever since. He invited Adam and Eve back into relationship with them. Um, I do not have children. But I um, have been around many, many, and I know that there are times when I hear my friends talking about them knowing what their children have done and then saying, asking the question of them, what did you do? They knew full well what was done, but they wanted to give their child the opportunity to say what was true so that relationship could be restored. It isn't to further shame, it's actually an invitation to say, this is true, I, the parent already knows what is true. They're giving the child the opportunity to come out of hiding, leave your disorientation, be reoriented to belonging with me as your parent who deeply loves you. This is the action of God that day. He wanted to help them back to belonging. And instead, Adam and Eve, they covered themselves and they hid and then they blamed. Blame is always, um, shame is always the, 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 what, sorry? I need to come back to myself a little bit. Blame is always the child of shame. Wherever you hear blame, you can know shame is present because blame is I can't face the thing that I've done or I can't face who I am, so I'm going to put it out there on someone else. It's a way of deflecting and it always comes from a deep sense of shame, always. So it, it, when I hear someone blame a lot, which happens in our public sphere on a very regular basis, it usually comes... it. From this deep sense of I cannot own what is true because if I do, I will, leave my, I will lose my place in the public, public sphere. I will lose relationship. I will lose something. And my life is driven by shame. God knew this. And this was Adam and Eve's response. Their shame kept them from receiving the love of their creator. Their creator, God, who has been about belonging from the very beginning, and belonging comes with abundance. When we understand that we belong to the God of the universe, the creator of all that is, the one who actually infuses our very lungs with life itself, there is no scarcity in the abundance of belonging to God. The, um, the pictures of belonging that are used throughout scripture are incredibly powerful. Most, uh, many of them involve rootedness. Think of, of Psalm one. You have been rooted by streams of living water. The passage that we looked at in, um, in Ephesians as we meditated before we got started that we are rooted and established in love. Jesus came and he says, abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, be grafted into me. These are all pictures of rootedness that create abundance and life. This is the kind of belonging that we are implanted in as children of God. Creator God has been about belonging from the very beginning, and we are the ones who opt out, or move towards God always is moving towards he is always present He is always with us he is always wanting belonging. Author Jim Wilder talks about the idea of of he is a man who uh, lives here in the Denver area and he studies he has studied neuroscience and psychology and has a master's of divinity and he um, is what Um, People refer to him as a neurotheologian. So he knows how our brains were made. He has studied how our brains are made. And in that process of knowing how our brains are made, he has seen that our attachment is key to our experience of enjoyment and joy in life, for our brains neurologically experience joy when we know that somebody is happy to be with us. So when we know that somebody is happy to be with us, it translates in our brain as joy, which I just think is amazing that we were actually made for joy itself. We were made for relationship, and when we are in relationship and in belonging, we can experience and access joy in any circumstance. Jim Wilder talks about this idea that we, as men and women, are attached to a God who is always happy to be with us. So neurologically, our brains actually can access joy in all circumstances if we can access a God who loves us and desires to be attached to us. And unfortunately, for many of us, the idea of God became this stoic God who put up with us, who made us not out of love, but made us out of some weird obligation and power trip so that he could have children, so he could boss around and keep us And pull himself away from us so that we could experience brokenness rather than life. That is not good news. The good news of the story of belonging that has been from the beginning is the good news of a God who deeply loves us and desires relationship with us for our good. Because he knows that he he designed us on purpose. He made us for belonging. And in that sense of belonging, he's like, and I want your belonging to start with me. I have loved you from the beginning. I have joy every time you spend time with me. And I cannot wait for you to turn around and look at me. I will always greet you with an expression of delight. It is like my dog Scout, except God is much bigger as we know. (laughs) But Scout is always delighted to see me. I could have been gone for two weeks, and that dog is the most codependent creature I've ever known. And she is so delighted to be with me. And um, one thing I've noticed in my little relationship with my dog, it may be unhealthy, it's okay, (laughs) is that if I'm on my phone, there was a time where I'd be on my phone and Scout would paw at my hand, to like get me to put my phone down. And then one day she didn't pot my hand. She actually got up and she walked away. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> I've trained my dog that I don't want to be attached to her. And I was like, oh, it's a dog. What if it was a person? <laughs> and I think about, um, because this is what my brain does, I think about what are the subtle messages of I am not happy to be with you that we give each other all the time, that we give to our children, we give to our spouse. When somebody stops making a fuss about being ignored, it means that has become the standard and it should grieve us. When I'm, in, when I'm in my time with Jesus and my phone rings and I pick up my phone and I all of a sudden go, Whoop, and I start reading here, I'm like, oh, I've, I've chosen to break belonging and in, in, in intimacy in this moment. Um, Jesus is always happy to bring me back, though, to receive me back. What if we actually believed that God wanted to be with us all the time? That it wasn't about earning our way back, but it was about about us receiving the attachment, holy, loving, beautiful belonging that God has for us. Belonging and loving attachment is what God desires, and we experience joy when we know that someone is happy to be with us We have been created by God out of community, for community, and for belonging. And God never, never withholds it from us. Jesus came into the world because of God's great love for us and desire to be attached to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world no, we are already, we're good at that. We are condemned already. He sent his son to save the world. He loves us. Jesus, in, in John chapter one, um, John says to those who receive and those who believe in his name, he gives the right to be called children of God, children born not out of um, uh, a human a decision or a husband's will, but born of God. We are a people belonging to God who have been grafted into his family. And in all of Jesus' actions from his birth until today, Jesus has been about, come back to me, be attached to me. In his miracles, whether it was a miracle with the leper, he could have just... Spoken over the leper and he was be healed, but he wanted to bring attachment and belonging back, so he touched the leper. He could have let the Samaritan woman just meet him in private, and and he could just tell her, I love you. But instead, he told her her whole story so that she would know he completely saw me, and he still wanted to be with me. He loved me that much, and then that transformed her heart in such a way that she went and told all of the people, this man just told me everything I've ever done in my whole life, you have to meet him. Could you imagine the kind of love that was coming through Jesus at that moment for someone to say, that man told me everything I ever did. You need to come meet him instead of that man told me everything I ever did. He's so judgmental. His telling her the truth reattached her to belonging to him, and it made her come out of hiding because she no longer was afraid of her shame. It didn't have the final word. We hide. God seeks. Jesus speaking to his disciples in um, John chapter 15 says this. I mean, really, John chapter 15 is about belonging. And it would be really, um, we could camp out here all day, but maybe camp out here yourself later. Um, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Take home in my love. Receive my belonging. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, 38. For I am convinced that neither life nor death Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither um, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We belong to a God who is delighted to belong to us. We belong to a God who is delighted to be with us. We are children of God. We were created out of belonging, for belonging. We are loved. We are valued. We are accepted as we are by a God who constantly is pursuing us with his love and his loving kindness. So that we would be rooted and established in his love and abundance rather than scarcity and isolation. It is is good news to our soul. It is good news to belong. And we are in desperate need of belonging as a people. We were created for it. We were created out of it. And we need to come home. My friends, we need to come home. We need to come. Oh, I'm going to cry. We need to come home to a God who desperately loves us. Who is not looking for how we are what we're doing so that he could detach himself from us, he is always moving towards us with great love. So this morning, my, my invitation to you is that you would come home. You would come home to the loving attachment of a God who is so delighted to have you belong to him and be in relationship with him. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for who you are. We are so thankful for the fact that you love us and you gave yourself up for us so that we could know belonging again. I pray that we would be men and women who so understand and believe in our loving attachment to you that we can access joy in all circumstances. And that we would become people who invite others to belonging. May shame no longer have rule and reign over our hearts and lives. And may we come home. May we come home to the loving kindness of a God who is delighted to belong to us. Amen. Amen.